630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. Dreisaitl's got it back. 10 seconds to play. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. At some point this week, you will hear me say on this show, the Ken Holland era has officially begun in Edmonton. But for now, all I can say is the Ken Holland era will begin at some point this week. But we do know Ken Holland is on his way to Edmonton to be the new general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. Good evening. It's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins this week on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Reed enjoying some uh, time off for the next week and a half. Uh, we will be carrying the conference finals of the National Hockey League, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and of course we'll carry the uh, Stanley Cup final as well. When do those start, the conference finals I'm talking about? I don't know. But until then, you got me. And we get in Kellen Kennedy. Hey, Kellen. hey, Dave. How's it going, man? Pretty good. What's going on, YEG? Well, uh, everything Ken Holland, Ken Holland, Ken Holland, Ken Holland. Yeah, pretty much. Of course, this started on Friday night, um, really with uh, Mark Spector on this show with uh, Reed Wilkins. And uh, Mark Spector, of course, the senior columnist for Sportsnet.ca, and had an article that day saying if he wants it, if Ken Holland wants the job, the job is his. And the talk and everything, of course, online and, uh, you know, through shows like this one and throughout the, the hockey world, pretty much snowballed throughout the weekend on Saturday and Sunday yeah. to now to the point where we're just, I don't want to say twiddling our thumbs waiting for a press conference, but we're waiting for the press conference. Yeah, we're point. waiting. Uh, we don't know when. It could be tomorrow. could be Wednesday. It'll be this week. We don't know. It'll be in the morning. And we will have it live right here on 630 Chet. Mm-hmm. And lots of analysis. And I know uh, when uh, it does happen, I know on this very show, uh, the one and only Reed Wilkins has, uh, you know, he'll join me for uh, for some time as well to talk about this. Um, Reed has a penchant for leaving on holidays and a new GM is hired. That happened four years ago with mm-hmm. uh, Peter Shirelli. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a running joke now. Um, so anyway, but there's lots to dissect with this uh, for the next few days. And I know this is a very polarizing, polarizing subject for the media and, of course, Oiler fans. There's a lot of Oiler fans not happy about this. But I would imagine whoever the name was going to be, there would be a lot of scrutiny anyway. If it was Keith Gretzky. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon, sure. I mean, it might have been less scrutiny just because he's coming from a successful organization so far. The Vegas Golden Knights. You know, George McPhee is moving up to president of hockey operations, and McCrimmon is now the new general manager. So, hey, what, what are you going to do there? Well, and the other two names that I had heard bantered about over the past month or so, Mark Hunter, Bill Guerin, yeah. both haven't been GMs at the NHL level before. Yep. Yeah. So... It's an interesting scenario because Ken Holland was asked about this job a few weeks back, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, to be more specific, and he said, no, no, nothing, I don't think that's something I would consider. But then the Red Wings make the announcement that Ken Holland's stepping aside for Steve Eiserman. Uh Was that Ken Holland's decision? There's a lot of debate about that. That ownership basically said, hey, Kenny, we love you, buddy. 
Four Stanley Cups, that's great. You, you, you made the playoffs in the non-cap era and the cap era. That's great. Could you step aside, though? It's been tough the last five years, buddy. Can you step aside? That's what a lot of the talk is about. You know, and of course, ownership said, well, Ken Holland uh, agreed to step down. Eh, I, you know, usually when ownership says that, eh. And also, his role in Detroit is kind of undefined right now, uh, Ken Holland, yeah. after Stevie Y took the uh, GM position there. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Senior advisor, consultant, yeah. who knows. So, yeah. But it was, you know, reported that maybe he was, you know, he was going to take his time, and he did take his time to decide what he wants to do. But it does sound like he's got this big-time passion and burning desire to be a general manager. So what do you think? 780-496-0063. Pound 630, star 630 on your cell. Out of town, 1-800-663-0630. You can text in at 630-630 as well. Ken Holland, not yet the Oilers general manager, but it's pretty much a done deal. Unofficially the general manager, yet officially. It's going to happen. There you go. So... Let's do this. Stanley Cup playoff update. Second round action. Boston Bruins, Columbus Blue Jackets. They're in the second period. They're 0-0. Just underway. Pretty even period. Boston probably with the better scoring chances. And they thought they had a goal. Yes, they did. They thought they scored. Sean Corrali. Wagner. Now out in front. It's fire just wide. Wagner got a chance. Bobrovsky the same rebound. Swatted in. They score! Again, it's the Dublin Ohio kid. Sean Corrali got it out in front. There was a scramble. Bobrovsky was down at the near post, and he snaps it inside the far post. And the Bruins out to a 1-0 lead. There was some contact made there with Nordstrom and uh, Bobrovsky. But Bobrovsky's coming out. He's outside the blue paint, well outside the blue paint. He's coming out as Nordstrom's trying to get to this puck. But it's worth a challenge for John Tortorella. Here we go. Here's the announcement. After coach's challenge, it's determined there is goaltender interference. The call on the ice is overturned. We have no goal. So there you go. A little controversy with that goaltender interference rule because it was determined that Joachim Nordstrom impeded the movement of Sergei Bobrovsky, even though it looked like Bobrovsky was kind of trailing out of his crease a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, we know about controversial goaltender interference calls in this city. Don't it we? was two years on yesterday yeah. from the uh, infamous call in, what was it, Game 5? Bad memory. Anaheim? Bad memory. I have friends in Anaheim that were kind of ribbing me on social media about it last night. And yeah. All I can say is just, They <laughs> got lucky. They got lucky. Oilers should have been in the conference final. Anyway, uh, Oilers should have is what a lot of how a lot of sentences start with hockey fans in this city. Yeah, we talked about this on uh, Friday. Reed Wilkins did. About uh, Ken Holland's hiring. And the, the criticism is his last few years have not been good in Detroit. Some questionable signings. Justin Ablocator, Darren Helm, you know, Franz Nielsen, Thomas Vanek. Players like that. So giving veterans maybe a bit more money than they deserve. But is all of this all on Ken Holland? Did he have complete autonomy? Well, Speck talked about that. Yeah, his recent work clearly because they're a capped out team that's not real good. 
But as we know, there's always mitigating circumstances. I'm not aware. Uh, I, you know, I follow Detroit, but not as closely as I would follow the Oilers. Every time I see, every time I see a uh, team going into a new building, read the way Detroit did, and signing free agents when they're really not a team that should be signing free agents, that tells me something. That tells me there's probably pressure from ownership, right? It's like Vancouver a couple of years ago when their owner said, we've got to make the playoffs, and everybody outside of BC said, make the playoffs. You guys should be rebuilding. And about a year later, they said, you know, I think we're going to rebuild here. <laughs> we all said, no kidding. Right. So I feel I'm not, you know what, Kenny's a big boy, and, and he made some signings he probably should have made there. But I'm going to say that going into that building, uh, there was no question some pressure, uh, unrealistic pressure to try to make playoffs there when they didn't have a playoff team. That's what leads you to make some bad decisions and sign some people you probably shouldn't sign. And the cycle, man, they're good. They made the playoffs there 25 years in a row. There is going to be a cycle. You're not going to always be good. And you're not going to always be smart. Every general manager has a couple bad trades, a couple bad signs on his resume. The longer you're a GM, the more it is, likely it is you'll have one too. Uh, there is no perfect GM out there. If you're waiting to find that guy for Edmonton, you're never going to find him. Yeah, there you go. So whoever it was going to be was going to be under tremendous scrutiny. Uh, let's go to the uh, phone line, 780-496-0063. Harry, go ahead. Hey, Dave, how are you, brother? Good. Haven't talked to you in ages. I know. I know. <laughs> Listen, I, I haven't been uh, really uh, following the the wing and the wheel for this year at all because uh, they just tanked, you know. But uh, anyway, getting back here uh, to Mr. Holland, I don't know if that was a wise choice, like Speck said. You know, the... Uh, well, I don't, think, I don't think Speck said it isn't a wise choice. I don't think he said that at all. No, he hasn't done anything at all for the last five years. Uh, yes, that's true. Than, other than uh, them making the playoffs, like Speck said, 25 years in a row, which is a remarkable North American record. But, uh, yeah, getting back to Mr. Holland, uh, no, he hasn't done nothing at all, and I think... Uh, the Oilers should have looked somewhere else, like, you know, Mr. Sutter is available, sitting there in Viking, Alberta. Or, is he really or, available, though? I think he's available. Well, I'm not Absolutely. sure about that. He comes to work every day, you know, with his helmet and his boots and so forth. Would have been a better, better deal. And even Mr. Hunter would have been okay, too, I think. Yeah. Not, not having the experience, but, you know... You get experience by doing, and Ken's been around, and uh, there has been the five years haven't been kind to him and to his no. to the people and the fans. So no, you're right, you're right, Harry. Okay. And thank you, thank you for the call. They haven't been kind to him. I'm not sure that's all on Ken Holland, however. I'm not sure this was an organization that really admitted to themselves where they were really at. You know, let's make the playoffs. Let's keep going. Well, it's hard to do that with the roster they had, with the aging veterans they had. You know, Ken Holland gambled on some players, and he lost, clearly. And that's something that you can't do. So, I mean, I'll tell you later. Well, I'll tell you in a bit here why I think this has a chance of working. It also has a chance of not working, of course. But I think this could have a real chance of working. And I'll explain it in a bit. Let's go to Red Deer. Hey, Jim. How you doing? 
Good, how are you? Well, I'm not convinced that this is the right guy. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm putting a lot of this on the CEO who seems to have no accountability or responsibility with the orders. I mean, he brought in Todd, which I think was a good coach. They brought him and they brought in Ken, and he couldn't do much better. Uh, it's not a coaching problem, as well as the previous GM did with all his trades. I mean, if you look at some of the trades that uh, when we won, what, three years ago, was it? Some of the Perron and some of those guys that uh, they weren't good enough for the Oilers, but are still playing and doing are remarkable. I mean, I'm just I'm sorry. I would have missed her. But uh, to me, the CEO has to start taking some accountability because if Ken doesn't work, uh, he should be gone. Okay, can I ask you something, Jim? And you may yeah, be right. He may not. Ken Holland may not be the right choice. But in your mind, who is the right choice? I would. Have, I would have either. Well, I like Keith Gretzky. I think his knowledge in 20 years when he's down to Boston, I, I would have been happy with him or happy with with Mr. Hunter. Either one, I would have been happy with. But to go to a guy that um, hasn't got a, you know, sure he's won three uh, Stanley Cups if you look in the history. But if you look in the history, how many have we won? And that, the history doesn't mean anything to me. It's what we can do tomorrow. And I'm just sorry, I'm not convinced. Uh, I mean, we've got really good assistant coaches, I think. I don't know what their jobs are going to be. They're even going to keep it, depending on who the new coach is. And Mr. McDavid, uh, I'm just wondering how much he had to play into this, because if you don't make him happy, it doesn't matter who the GM is. Well, according uh, to you know a reporter that I, I would think has his ear to the ground pretty, uh, pretty well in the... Uh, hockey world and in Edmonton is Ryan Rashog and he reported earlier today that the McDavid camp is pretty happy about it so well I mean you know I want it to work but I just if, I mean if if by some chance we make a whole bunch of trades again like the previous GM did then I hope the CEO resigns or gets fired because obviously his owner he's got deep pockets I mean to spend Ken what is it Ken Hitchcock's got another what three or four years left in his contract he's got another year yeah, another year, and, and Todd had, I don't know how many he had, maybe that's all taken care of now because it's yeah. in L.A., but, you know, he's, there's no accountability with the CEO. I'm sorry, I just think that uh, instead of firing, the, I mean, the GM had to be fired, but I think the first one always goes the coach. In this case, uh, it wasn't the coach's fault by any means. All right, thank you, Jim, appreciate it. All right, take care. That's uh, Jim from Red Deer. So, yeah, your uh, comments on the text line, your comments on the phone line, 780-496-0063. You can text in at 630-630. Not here yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But Ken Holland will be, at some point this week, officially the new general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Game is still scoreless, or should I say 0-0, between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Boston Bruins. Game 6 in Columbus. The Jackets trying to extend this to a Game 7 on Wednesday night while the Bruins are trying to wrap up this series and advance to the Eastern Conference Final to play the bunch of jerks, Carolina Hurricanes. Game 6 later on tonight 
in the Western Conference second round playoff series between the Colorado Avalanche and the San Jose Sharks. Same scenario with the home team and the road team. The home team trying to extend it to a game seven back in San Jose on uh, Wednesday night and the Sharks trying to wrap it up and advance to the Western Conference Final, where the other opponent will be determined tomorrow, the St. Louis Blues and the Dallas Stars. Ken Holland on his way to Edmonton at some point this week. The Oilers will have an official press conference. You'll hear it live here on 630 Chad, but for now we'll just talk about it. Well, we'll talk about it then. Probably talk about it a lot before it happens, and when it happens, oh yeah, and beyond. And tonight we're uh, kicking it off here. Chris from Phoenix, how you doing? Pretty good. Hey, uh, just before I... Uh... I make the comment, just uh, want to let uh, Ched Nation and Oiler Nation know that I've been a fan since uh, the fourth grade. I'm 41 years old, grew up in southwest Ontario. I hate the Leafs. So anyway. Um, <laughs> we love you being, then, Chris. We love you even more now. <laughs> being, being a huge Oiler fan and, and, and knowing what kind of fans and how passionate we are, uh, I don't think that uh, it mattered who we hired. Uh, because we would have found something negative regardless. Had we hired uh, Keith Kresge and gave him the, the, the GM position, uh, we would have had call after call of people saying, well, we shouldn't have gave it to him. He's not experienced. He's an old boys club, whatever. Yeah. And we did the same thing with Mark uh, or with Hunter. The same thing would have happened. If we would have hired Sean Burke, same thing. And I guarantee you, had we hired one of those three, and later on down the road we had found out that Ken Holland was available, I guarantee you that everybody would be on board and say, well, why didn't we hire Ken Holland? It, it, it's a vicious circle in oil country. We, we always do that. Um, I have nothing against Ken Holland. The guy has done a fantastic job over his career in Detroit, 25 years in the playoffs. I know the last five years have been kind of like uh, bad, but you know what? Those last five years have probably still been better than our last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, and also that said, uh, uh, the guy is a top 10 GM all time. Uh, the, the guy has done a lot of work in Detroit. I think we ought to give him a chance. Uh, it depends on what happens uh, from from uh, the press conference on. If he comes in here and fires everybody in hockey operations, or at least cleans the majority of those those people out there and hires um, who he knows should be in these places. And let's face it, the guy has, has been a GM for what thirty, twenty years, somewhere around there. I think, give or take. He's, he's developed a reputation around the league. He's got tons of contacts. I'm willing to give this guy a chance, and, and that's all I have. And if McDavid is happy, guess who's happy? I'm happy. That's yeah. all I have, and let's go Oilers. All right, Chris, thanks you, thank you so much. Uh, before the news, Andy is up next. Hey, Andy. Yeah, hey, guys. I just want to throw my support to Ken Holland. I have a ton of respect for him. He looks, you know, he's such a great hockey guy. Uh you know, Edmonton can only dream. We've missed the playoffs so many years in the last 12 years. And to have a team going to the future that's going to be consistent and, and just get strong and stay strong and have opportunities to win cups. And, you know, I just don't think Edmonton can afford to take a chance. You just can't. We take chances with coaches like Dallas Eakin. We've taken chances with these GMs. And this rally was good in Boston for a while, wasn't so good. He was here, he was good in Edmonton for a while, and then he wasn't so good here. And I think at the end of the day, we just couldn't take a chance on a young guy like Mark Hunter. We need direction and leadership, and I love the length of the contract. It means that, you know, Ken's just going to settle in here, and everybody's going to come to his office at one point, and he's going to turn the ship around. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. So if I do the straw poll on the phone line, pretty even two and two 
supporting and not liking the move of Ken Holland being the Oilers GM. I'll tell you why after the news, I think this could work. And I think for one key reason, and I don't think Oilers fans will like this, but I think it needs to happen. And no, it's not going into a rebuild. No. But it's something rebuild-like. News is next from the 630 Chad 24-Hour News Center. Back with more Ken Holland discussion, including a trip to Detroit for the Red Wing perspective on this story. Campbell in for Wilkins, 630 Chad Inside Sports on a Monday night. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Still scoreless in Columbus. 0-0. Shots 22-16 in favor of the Jackets. Looks like the Jackets have, uh, as far as possession, they have kind of taken over the second period. But still 0-0. And man, what is it with these playoffs and goaltenders getting involved in scrums? <laughs> Tuka Rask got involved again. I like it. I do too. It's great. And we have a goal. We have a goal. Uh, the Bruins are on the board. I believe the big line has scored again. That's uh, David Krejci. I saw David Posternock on the TV. He must have been playing with uh, the... It looked clean on the TV too. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a coach's challenge here or anything. So yeah, one nothing Boston. Nice little rebound. Nice hammered, hammer job there by David Krejci. Nice oh, yeah, shot. that's a good goal. And I would think this is a goal that goalie Bob would not like. Went high. I don't know if that went off the mask. I think it stunned him a little bit, and then a little late to react to David Krejci's shot. little scream by Pasternak as well. So, anyway, beat him far blocker side. So that's a big goal because the way this game is going, this might be the only goal you need. And the look on John Tortorella's face is, Bob, you should have had it. You should have had it. So it's one nothing. Stat on the TV here. Uh, when scoring the first goal, Boston is 6-2 and two in the 2019 playoffs. So they close out games when they get that first goal. So, that yeah, that's a huge one for them. There you go. There you go. Uh, NBA playoffs tonight. Uh, Boston with a 62-61 lead over the Milwaukee Bucks in the third quarter. That uh, series is 2-1 in favor of the Bucks. Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors will have game four in Houston in about uh, an hour from now. The Rockets will try to tie that game or that series up at two. The Raptors will try to take a 3-2 series lead tomorrow night when they host the Philadelphia 76ers. I'll read this stat later. Kawhi Leonard has been on another planet. He has been remarkably good in these playoffs, and I'll, I'll illustrate that later. The Blue Jays beginning a three-game set at home after a 1-5 and five road trip. They're uh, beginning a three-game set, as I mentioned, against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, it's going really great. <laughs> Bottom of the fifth, the Twins lead by a score of 6 to nothing. A lot of you are texting in. You can do that. 6-30, So here's what I think about Ken Holland. The last five years have been not good in Detroit. Not good at all. I think you can make an argument that he has struggled somewhat in the cap era. He was greater than non-cap era. I mean, no one can argue the job that he did. Four Stanley Cups. That's pretty impressive. The recent history, not good. But I'm not sure how much of that is on Ken Holland and how much of that is on the ownership, who refused to go into a rebuild, who refused, honestly, 
you hear it more and more, and we'll we'll hear from Jeff Rieger in a moment from uh, 91.7 The Ticket. He does uh, the pre- and post-game and the intermissions. He's the Detroit's Reed Wilkins. Um, boy, that's saying something, eh? Detroit's Reed Wilkins. Ooh, he's fun then. He is a fun guy. But there was a lot of pressure from ownership. Ken, we got to keep winning. And I think there was a reluctance from Ken Holland to buy into that. But, hey, he's he's got a boss. The boss says, look, this is what we want. You go get it. Tried his best. I mean, two, two three years ago, they were in the playoffs. So it's, uh, you know, the recent history hasn't been good. But for a while there, the Red Wings were still a pretty good hockey club. But then you could see the decline, decline, decline. <clears throat> Excuse me. I hit the wrong button. Clearing my throat on the air. That's awesome. Anyway, but you're relying on Pavel Datsuk. You're relying on Hendrik Zetterberg. You're relying on Nicholas Cronwall, who's still there. And, you know, taking chances on veterans that probably didn't deserve the type of money or term that, that they received. And Ken Holland made some bad plays on some guys. But when you got the pressure from above saying, Look, we got to win. We got to win now, Ken. Come on, Ken. We got to keep winning. Sometimes you make bad decisions. So I don't know how much this is all on Ken Holland. The last five years, dreadful. Pretty bad. But here's why I think Ken Holland could, th- this could work. Elliot Friedman from the NHL on Rogers, and you can hear Elliot on Oilers now every Friday at 12 30. He said there were several potential candidates, and the Oilers just didn't, you know, talk to Ken Holland and nobody else. They talked to several people about this job. I do think, back of their minds, they probably thought Ken Holland might be a good fit, and when Kelly McCrimmon decided to stay in Vegas, then maybe Ken Holland became, I would suspect, the number one guy on their list. But they were told by several candidates, including Ken Holland, If you want to do this properly, that is, get this team back to, or get this team to a point where they're a contender, and not just a contender, but a a playoff contender, but a Stanley Cup contender, you better do this slowly. And a lot of you are not going to like that answer, but when you consider where the Oilers' cap situation is, it's not very good, even though Keith Gretzky did trade Cam Talbot. And got some cap relief there. But their cap situation's not good. Ken Holland should be used to that because the cap situation in Detroit isn't good either. But he said, you got to do this slowly. And I'm totally on board with that. You can't have a general manager coming in, making wild trades and risky signings. And if they do not pan out, then you go further, further into the muck. You can't do it. I mean, we saw Peter Shirelli do it. Peter Shirelli's last several trades were were risky, even though it was Brandon Manning. Okay, but you gave up Drake Kajula for him. Ryan Spooner, you give up Ryan Strom for him. You bring in Alex Petrovic. That was dreadful. You know, even go back to last season. They sign you. He signs UC Oakland and trades him a month later for Mike Camilleri, who couldn't skate. 
That's the type of stuff you can't do. All right. So Ken Holland, I believe, isn't going to take a job to be pushed around. I don't believe Ken Holland's going to take a job to say, okay, I'm going to listen to everybody else that's on my staff. And, and well, let me rephrase that. He's not going to sit here and go, okay, Daryl, what do you want? I think he's going to tell Daryl Cates, this is what I think you need to do. And you better trust me because this is why you're paying me the money you're paying me. And I do think Ken Holland has... I think the, prospe- the, the prospects are good that Ken Holland is going to look at this current situation with the Oilers and see what's available in the uh, pro hockey side, even the amateur hockey side, and say, okay, I'm going to overhaul now. I'm going to overhaul. He'll bring in his people. He'll bring in people that maybe from another organization or two that he trusts. I don't think we're going to sit here and be status quo like Peter Shirelli did. I really don't think so. So this can't be fixed in one year. I agree with what Reed Wilkins says and a lot of people say. You cannot judge Ken Holland for the next, really, two years from now is when we're going to really talk about Ken Holland. He's not going to do anything drastic, and nor should he. But I'll tell you what he's got here. He's got two superstar players to build around. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of incentive for a general manager to come here. And there's a few of you on the text line saying, well, he only, he's only coming for the money. Five years, five mil a year for five, you know. Okay, it's $25 million. Sure, yeah, he's 63 years old. I don't think Ken Holland was happy to be basically shown the door and go sit upstairs and be quiet and we'll ask your opinion later by the Detroit Red Wings ownership. You know, they want a Steve Eisman. Hey, that's all that's that's their rights to do that, obviously. And they need maybe they do need a change. You know, sometimes uh sometimes a situation runs its course. And I think that's what happened in Detroit. But I don't think it's fair to judge Ken Holland for what he did in the last five years or so in this situation with the Oilers. We need to judge him what he does in the next couple of years to see where this team is going. And as long as, I would say this, you know, I think for a fan base, and, I, you know, I'm a sports fan as well. Hey, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you, uh, you know, as a talk show host tonight, but I'm a sports fan too. What I would like to see from my organization that I'm rooting for, do you have a plan? Do you have a, like, what does it look like? Under Peter Shirelli, we weren't really sure. For Ken Holland, I think he wants to come here and lay up foundation and then lay a a long-term plan here for success. And reports say, like I said, last half hour looks like Connor McDavid's on board with this, with Ken Holland's uh, hiring. And I think if Connor McDavid sees progress with this plan, and it might be tough for the next year or two, who knows? Maybe they could make the playoffs next year. I have no idea. I think there's a way they could do it. But if Connor McDavid sees the building blocks, I think he's going to be happy. But I'll tell you what, the pressure's on big time with this hire. It's on. Because if this blows up, 
the repercussions will be massive, massive, and they will involve number 97. You don't want to mess this up. But I think Ken Holland's not a dumb GM. I think you look over time, he is a top 10 GM all time. As long as he can come in here and he says to Daryl Cates and Bob Nicholson, this is what we need to do. And this is why you hired me. Let me do it. I think this organization has a chance. 6.45, back with more in a moment. Hi, this is Ryan Asia Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Far circle, shoots, and that one cranked up the crossbar. Krejci shoots, he scores! David Krejci walked into a blast. Top right wing circle, he blisters it by Bobrovsky. one nothing Bruins. David Krejci, his fourth goal of the playoffs. He brings it every playoff. He's a good hockey player. David Krejci's fourth of the playoffs. And the Bruins are up one nothing late in the first or second period of play in uh, Columbus game six of their second round Eastern Conference series. The winner of the, well, if Boston hangs on to win, they'll go to uh, the Eastern Conference final and host the Carolina Hurricanes in game one some point later on this week. And if Columbus comes back and win this game, it'll be game seven back in Boston on Wednesday. The late game tonight will be in. Colorado, Denver, Colorado, the Avalanche trying to extend their series to a seventh game with the San Jose Sharks who are trying to wrap up and uh, wrap up the series and head to the Western Conference Final where they'll play either the St. Louis Blues or the Dallas Stars. Game seven will be tomorrow in St. Louis and Ben Bishop will play despite taking that wicked shot off the collarbone. Oh, that looked nasty. And, uh, well, he got hurt before the third goal. Then he got hurt again on the third on the third goal, and then he um, then he stayed in and didn't look good on the fourth goal. Didn't look like he could move very well. But he is going to start tomorrow, so we'll see. This has been a, a interesting series, Dallas and St. Louis. I think Dallas has been the better team, but St. Louis has been maybe more opportunistic with their uh, capital- capitalizing on the scoring chances. So. There you go. Uh, you can uh, text in at 630-630. Uh, Lucas says, I'm going on the record here. Ken Holland will bring a cup to Edmonton and will bet a couple of loaves of homemade Hutterite buns. Ooh, I like that. Ooh-hoo. I, I like that. That's great. Mike says, the reason the Oilers are getting Ken Holland so he won't fire the old, old boys club. Nobody's a fool here. Well, Mike, I'm not so certain, not so sure that he's just going to come here and not make changes. I think Ken Holland's going to come here, and I think there's going to be changes. That's just me. Hey, Dave Campbell. I am Dave Campbell. I can hear your anti-Trump sneer in your voice. Maybe you can stick to sports. Okay, pal, your left-wing mainstream media bias is sickening. Trump 2020 baby cakes. <laughs> that was a text? Now I know what Ryan Jesperson feels like. Wow. There you go. That's I think a this first. St- I think this stems from my little uh, shot at Trump uh, with Jalen oh. last hour. Oh, okay. Anywhere there, baby cakes, you can move on. Uh, is the contract that was stated accurate? If so, maybe that's the reason he changed his mind. So the rumor is five years, $5 million a year, $25 million is the value. Um, I'm sure it helps, but I 
I do believe, and a lot of people in the know believe that Ken Holland still has a desire to be a GM and has that passion. There you go. Holland and Lucic, end of their careers. All right. Jeff says, if we have 10 years of cups and McDavid and Drysaddle stays too long, we miss the playoffs five years after because of our stars won't retire and we try to keep the legacy intact like Ken did of the Wings, I'll take that over 15 years of darkness. <laughs> uh, Jeff, that is, that is perspective. Uh, Stell says, I believe Nicholson is accountable to the owner. Correct. Steve says, Ken left Detroit with $20 million in cap space. True. True. He did trade a lot of assets at the trade deadline. Yes, that is true. A position the Oilers would love to be in. Oilers fans need to give him a chance. The negativity gets us nowhere. What if nobody wanted the job? That's not true. Ken could be the only person that wants to inherit the Stumpster fire. Well, it's not that nobody wanted the job. Do I think the Oilers had a number one choice? Yep. But I think he's the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights now. Brian Burke had great comments about that last week on Oilers Now. Yeah. He said that it's a highly sought-after position. So, Let's go on the uh, long-distance line. Kevin, go ahead. Uh, uh, hi there. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, huge Oilers fan living here in Calgary. Uh, I'll make a comment, and then I'll hang up and just let you guys uh, continue on to what I have to say. In regards to the other day, the panel, I can't remember whether TSN or Sportsnet was talking about possibility of living with Holland and with maybe like a coaching candidate like Dave Tippett. Right. So do you think there's a possibility that maybe the contract is done with Holland and that maybe behind the scenes they're working on uh, coach hiring? Yeah, I don't something? think I, I don't think, Kevin, and, and thank you very much for the phone call, I don't think the head coach is going to be hired quickly. I really don't. I think I think we're, we're it could go until July. I think that's realistic. Now, will it? I don't know. But do you need a head coach in place before the draft? No. He's part of the conversation, but the head coach is like, hey, like I haven't seen these guys. You, I'll be at the table with you, supporting everyone, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you what I think. I haven't seen ever, everybody, you know? So is it Dave Tippett? I don't know. It won't be Mike Babcock. And Kyle Dubas came out earlier today, he reported to TSN's Bob McKenzie that said, He's not going anywhere. Mike's committed to us. We're committed to Mike. So it won't be Mike Babcock. I think the style of play has to change with the Oilers, and I think Ken Hitchcock was moving in that direction and had some success. I mean, this was a team that was kind of in the playoff mix, I would say. You know, I remember going into that game against the New Jersey Devils in March, and I think that's where the, uh, I think that's where ultimately, that's where the Oilers kind of ultimately stubbed their toe and, the playoff dreams died with that uh, very poor performance. So they need a style of coach or style of play from a head coach who's going to implement it, teach it, and you know stick to it because this team cannot run and gun minus a, a few players on this team like McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, for example. They just don't have that type of team. They need a goaltender that can stop a puck on a more consistent basis. And Mikko Koskinen had good moments, and he had a lot of bad moments. they got to solidify their goaltending so bad. they got to solidify their defense core, and they got to make some tough choices here. I like Chris Russell personally. I don't like him at $4 million. You know, for a team that's capped, I don't like it. But Ken Holland's got some tough choices to make, 
you know, but can he trade a Milan Lucic? Can he do it? You know, the return's not going to be great, but I don't think that's the point. The return is cap space, and they need it. So the texter did a great job of bringing up the point that, yes, he did clear a lot of space, this trade deadline. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in the hour, uh, next hour, but uh, his amateur record, his record of drafting and developing prospects and not rushing prospects except maybe a couple over his time is key. So second intermission, one nothing Bruins over the Blue Jackets in game six of their second round Eastern Conference playoff series. 20 minutes away, the Bruins are from advancing to the Eastern Conference final. News is next with Cassandra Jodway in the 6.30 Chet 24-hour news center. Next hour, uh, we will go to, to uh, Detroit and talk with Jeff Rieger. And coming up after the break, Oilers in-game analyst, Rob Brown. Campbell in for Wilkins on this beautiful Monday night on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.